All right, you guys go in and have a seat. I hope you're ready to, uh, to dive in tonight. Um, if you have a Bible or uh, maybe you're going to look on the screen or maybe your phone, go ahead and turn with me to 1 Corinthians 7. Um, and that's where we're going to be at tonight, 1 Corinthians chapter 7. And you know, like as we start out every single uh, night of this series, I really love to like pull some Instagram stuff, right? And so like as you're turning to 1 Corinthians 7, like the, the question was, by the way, if you are not up to date on what's going on on Instagram, Tell us about the worst date you have ever been on, right? You know we're in a dating series and all that good stuff. Tell me about the worst date. I got to be honest, man, this, this is funny. <laughs> all right, the first one. So apparently this guy took this girl to a Mexican restaurant and she got sick in the car. Like, could you imagine? Like, like okay, like, I, I think Mexican food is really good if it's on your plate, but I think if you throw it up, I, th I think that's absolutely the most, that's the worst thing you could ever possibly look at or smell. I, I, I believe that date was like no longer, I, th I, th I don't think they ever even met together anymore, if I just had to guess. Uh, that's just nasty. Golly, that's nasty. All right. She spilled an entire McFlurry between the seats in my truck. The smell lingered for weeks. Has that ever happened to anybody, right? Like, I can't even imagine, like, okay, I, I know how hard it is to, like, if something drops in your truck, like, I, I got a truck, and, like, if I try to get, like, my keys or something, like, how hard that is, I can't imagine ice cream. That's just, that just makes you want to gag. All right. <laughs> this is funny. This is funny right here. The one where I woke up and realized it was a dream. <laughs> y'all know that's funny. Hey, y'all know that's, you know, I don't know, I don't know who, I can't remember who that was. That was good, though. I'm going to give you a gift card just for the heck of it because that was good. It's terrible, but it's funny. All right, here it is. This is a long one. It took two of the little things. It said, freshman in high school and a junior said he could give me a ride to the homecoming dance. Didn't know it was a date. <laughs> Didn't know it was a date. Got there, said thanks, and ignored him all night. Oh, that's terrible. Golly, could you imagine? Didn't even know it was a date. That's terrible. I love it. So, listen, here, here's the deal. So, all throughout this series, we're, we're looking at these different things, right? prioritizing the one that is our topic and so we've looked at is he the one is she the one and so tonight kind of kind of hits home like I know for me because a lot of you know my story right and so you know uh, a lot of kind of where I've come from and kind of even whenever I came here to Cottage Hill uh, as a college pastor two, like two and a half years ago at this point uh, you guys know that like I was I was this like single Pringle type deal right and so really tonight is one of those what if I have no one type deal right and so we're still categorizing like prioritizing the one but what if, what if I have no one? So really, as, as the team was talking, as, as, you know, Jamie was giving her input like she always does, she, she does my job better than I do my job, so that's where I get all the ideas from. And so basically, we were talking, and we're like, we, we literally cannot do uh, a Valentine series or a dating series without talking about what about singles? What about this stage of life that a lot of our group tonight are in? A lot of our group that are not even here, they are in this category. And so how, how does that tie in? To God's glory. How does that tie into prioritizing the one? And so you may be thinking tonight, maybe you're in a relationship or maybe you're sitting by your boyfriend or girlfriend tonight, but I just want to encourage you, do not tune it out because this stuff is for literally every single person in the room. And so 1 Corinthians 7 is literally titled verses 25 through 35 concerning the unmarried. Anybody in the room, the unmarried? Yep, that's, that's a lot of people, right? And so basically, this, this kind of, this comes to us 
uh, as Paul is talking to us, right? And so talking to the church in Corinth and Corinthians, and so he is telling us, really he's telling us, he's like, listen, there are all these things like in, in chapter 7 concerning married life, concerning change of status, and then concerning the unmarried. And so it is one of those things that is, is really important to understand, like singleness is not just one of those things to where you need to just kind of just grit your teeth and try to get through it like so many people try to do, but it's one of those things, it's, it's important enough to where Paul literally, he categorized it inside of scripture, inside of chapter 7, and so inside of this, we're going to look at a few different things, really like things that you don't need to do inside of your singleness, right? inside of this season that we're walking through as a single person that no one hardly ever wants to be in. So what, what does this look at? So look with me in 1 Corinthians 7, verses 25 through 35. Verse 25 says this, Now about virgins, I have no command from the Lord, but I give a judgment as one who by the Lord's mercy is trustworthy. Because of the present crisis, I think it is good for a man to remain as he is. Are you pledged to a woman? Do not seek to be released. Are you free from such a commitment? Do not look for a wife. But if you do marry, you have not sinned. And if a virgin marries, she has not sinned. But those who marry will face many troubles in this life. And I want, you, I don't want to spare you this. Verse 29. What I mean, brothers and sisters, is that the time is short. From now on, those who have wives should live as if they do not. Those who mourn as if they did not. Those who are happy as if they were not. Those who buy something as if it were not theirs to keep. Those who use the things of this world as if not engrossed in them. For this world in its present form is passing away. I would like to you, for you to be free from concern. An unmarried man is concerned about the Lord's affairs, how he can please the Lord. But a married man is concerned about the affairs of this world, how he can please his wife, and his interests are divided. An unmarried woman or virgin is concerned about the Lord's affairs. Her aim is to be devoted to the Lord in both body and spirit. But a married woman is concerned about the affairs of this world, how she can please her husband. I am saying this for your own good, not to restrict you, but that you may live in a right way that is undivided devotion to the Lord. So this is a lot to unpack, so I hope that you have notes with you or are ready to, to kind of write in your phone. But the first thing that we need to look at tonight is do not seek to be something that you're not. Inside of singleness, do not seek to be something you're not. Now, if you look inside of this scripture, right, uh, you need to maybe highlight this or take a note of this. Verses 25 through 28, as we kind of walk through this, we see in these few verses, we see this whole idea of you need to do this, you don't need to do this. It's kind of like a bunch of commandments, right? It's kind of like a bunch of, bunch of ideas to where, where Paul is walking through and he is saying, listen, you need to understand, I'm going to give you literally a road map. And that's kind of how Paul is talking in this moment, verses 25 through 28. Now about virgins, I have no command from the Lord, but I give a judgment as one who by the Lord's mercy is trustworthy. Because of the present crisis, I think that it is good for a man to remain as he is. And so verse 27 just keeps going. Going. Are you pledged to a woman? Question mark. Do not seek to be released. Are you free from a commitment? Do not look for a wife. So he, he really gives us these things of, I'm going to give you like a Q&A type deal. And so as Paul approaches this moment, he has given us kind of like these instruction manual for being single, right? And so he's saying, if you're in this category, do this. If you're in this category, do not do this. If you're not in this category, do this. So it's, it's very, very specific what Paul is doing. But the whole idea is do not seek to be something that you're not. And so this is what we need to understand is that singleness is a gift that we need to enjoy, not a punishment from God. 
You see, I, I think in our culture, this is what we see a lot of, is we see a lot of everything but enjoying God within singleness, right? We see everything but enjoying who God is inside of this stage of life. And so, so many people, you could probably even list out on a piece of paper all the different things that you think about singleness, that you think it is a punishment, that you think it is miserable, that you think it is lonely, that you think, and whatever the situation is, we could all go, trust me, I was once in that boat, right? I spent many years in this situation. And so you could go through and list all these things, but whenever you look at scripture, specifically verse 26, and write that down if you're taking notes, you see that this is it's literally a gift to enjoy. Verse 26, because of the present crisis, I think it is good for a man to remain as he is, right? And so, so Paul goes into this context, and this is what we need to see. And I, I encourage you guys to do this all the time. Even in your personal Bible reading time, even in your quiet time, in your personal time with the Lord, you need to dive into the context. You need to say, all right, who is this written to? What is it saying? And what do I need to do with it? And so through this situation, we need to see Paul is giving us this context here in this moment in verse 26 to where you literally have to ask the question, what does that even mean? So verse 26, because of this present crisis, right? And so if you highlight in your Bible, maybe highlight that, because of this present crisis. Because it's not talking about a present crisis now that you have in a class that you're in. It's like it's a crisis, I hate this class, or I'm in this horrible relationship and it's a crisis. No, he's not saying literally like your present crisis, but in the biblical sense in this present crisis. And I, I love how one guy summed this up with a quote. They said this, speaking of verse 26. What is the advantage of remaining single? We can easily imagine how in a time of persecution or great crisis, how much more of a burden a wife or a family can be for someone committed to standing strong for the Lord. We may say, torture me and I will never renounce Jesus. But what if we were threatened with the rape of our wife or the torture of our children? These may seem far away from us, but they were not far away to Christians in the first century. So as, as we read this tonight, you're like, man, that's, that's harsh. That, that's, pretty, that's pretty tough stuff there. As you read this tonight, you need to literally saturate yourself in 1 Corinthians 7 saying, all right, I want to be engrossed by this, and I want to literally put myself in the shoes of these people, of what Paul is talking about. And so in this day and time, these were the repercussions of being married. Now, Paul is not, by no means, he is not saying, don't do it. Like, it's horrible. He's not saying that, but he is saying to these Christians in this time, to these singles who were, by the way, also struggling as you struggle even today, he was saying, listen, there is a present crisis. And I need you to understand that you don't need to be something, you don't need to seek to be something that you're not. If you're single, you need to understand it is a blessing in this moment. That's what Paul is saying. You need to understand it is a blessing. It is a good thing. Why? Because of this present crisis. Uh, I think that it is good for a man to remain as he is. In other words, it is good because you don't have to suffer all these things that they're going through. It is good because you don't have to go through the things that they are doing uh, to this person's wife and to this person's children. Like this was a reality in this day, right? And so Paul comes along and he says, listen, there are benefits to being single. There are these things inside of your life to where if you were in this position of being in a relationship or even being married, you'd be like, oh my gosh, like I am petrified in this moment, right? And so this is, where, this is where Paul is at right now. This is where he is saying because of this present crisis and to us tonight, he is saying you need to understand you may not be going through a crisis, 
but you don't need to look so forward to, to being in a relationship or being something that you're not and miss where you're at right now. And that, that is what he is telling us tonight. He is saying, you need to understand this is a gift. Even though culture says to hate it, culture says if you're lonely, then go fix it with a one-night stand. You're lonely, so go do this, go drink this, go sleep with this. This is what culture says if we want to be honest tonight. And some of you, you are actively pursuing those things, right? And so culture says to do all these things when it comes to singleness. And Paul comes along inside of Scripture, 1 Corinthians 7, and he says, no, this is, this is a gift. And this is a season inside of your life that you don't need to ignore. So Paul is teaching us that neither being in a relationship or being single is a bad thing. Like, get that, get that out of your head. So don't feel weird if you don't have someone attached to your hip all the time, right? And I think that is a big deal because so many people, if, if I could just kind of go through like the people on Instagram that kind of like joked around saying, man, like, yeah, I'm, I'm done being a third wheel. Like, I, I, I don't, I don't want to do that anymore, right? And so it's like a thing inside of our lives and inside of our culture and inside of even, even our schools to where if you don't have somebody attached to your hip, you're doing something wrong, Right? Or like you're like you're missing out on the good times or you're missing out on the fun. Like if you don't have someone here, but that is not the case inside of Scripture. He is not teaching us that either in a relationship is bad or being single is bad. He is saying, here's the deal. Whatever season God has you in, that's sure you need to be faithful. There is no grand answer. There is no great, hey, why, why have I been single for, for all this time? And just so a, a lot of you know, like the ones who don't know, me and Jamie went through this season, right? All through high school, all through college, yes, I mean, there were dates, there were, there were fun times had, but at the same time, there is something about getting married, like whenever you're young, but people, people want to do that, right? Like people, that is their goal. Hey, I'm going to be married, have a white picket fence with a two-story house with a kid and a dog, and uh, I'm going to be, yeah, by the way, I, I can't be older than 25 because that's just my goal. Like you have all these goals for yourself, right? But here's the deal. When it comes to, when it comes to singleness, we need to understand, are we, are we focusing on being faithful inside that season? And trust me, I say I can relate to this because I went all throughout those years, and it wasn't until we were in our late 20s till we met each other, right? Now, it was nothing that we were doing. It's not because God was punishing us. It was not because he had it out for us or he wanted us to suffer or he wanted us to be like, hey, I want you to feel like a great third wheel. I want you to just, you know, just remember that you need to really love me above everything. No, God, that's not God. And so you, I don't know if you can really explain that, hey, you're in this season for X, Y, Z. Or, hey, your friend, yeah, they, they got engaged before you uh, because of X, Y, Z. Scripture, there's nowhere in Scripture to where you can look at it and be like, hey, I can justify why I've been single all this time. I can justify why I got married at a young age. There's nowhere in Scripture to where you can do that. So here, here's the point, is that they're teaching us, Scripture is teaching us tonight, don't be something that you're not. You need to be faithful wherever you are. Don't, don't search your life. Don't search the season and say, God, I hate this. I want to be over this. No, God, how, how can I be used in this? So many of us are busy trying to knock down the door of a relationship that you don't even focus on all the doors that are wide open through being single, right? And, and I can say this, and, and Jamie can too, because we've, we've talked about it before. Like, before we got married, man, like, I can, I can really affirm this. Before we got married, there were so many things that both of us in our individual lives could do. Like, we, we, were, we were always going, we were always working, we were always pouring into students, we were always going to events, we were always doing all these things, which is not bad. But some of you, you need to understand, during this time inside of your life, how, how are you using it? How are you viewing it? How are you walking faithfully through it? So this leads us to our second thing. Don't lose track of the time. 
This is what you need to understand. Don't lose track of the time. We look through verses 29 through 31. And if you're anything like me, because I, I hated being single, and I told God that every single day of my life. And so, like, this is one of those sections that is highlighted uh, in my Bible, verses 29 through 31. It says, what I mean, brothers and sisters, is that the time is short. From now on, those who have wives should live as if they do not, those who mourn as if they did not, those who are happy as if they were not, those who buy something as if they, it were not theirs to keep, those who use the things of this world as if they were not engrossed in them. For this world in its present form is passing away. Don't lose track of the time. I love how we can dive through this, right, and dive deeper into this. And when you look at the, the Hebrew and Greek of these different scriptures, it's very interesting. It's going to be on your screen, and you need to take note of this. The ancient Greek word for short here used in verse 29 is sustelo, meaning contracted and rolled up as sails used to be by the mariners when the ship got close to shore, right? And so it's crazy. You're like, how in the world, how in the world is there a correlation between, like, a sailboat and my singleness? Like, how in the world? Because obviously, uh, just going back in history a little bit, like, this is what they use. Like, they use the main method of transportation was sailboats, whether it's the temple, whether it's building things, whatever the case may be, they use sailboats all the time in biblical days. And so they use boats. There were a lot of fishermen, and so they were on the water a lot. There were no F-150s in this day, and so they had to settle for, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get used to this boat, right? And so that, that's why they, they compared it to this. And so, uh, and so every week we, we have like a little illustration type deal. And so, uh, I, honest to God, I tried to get a boat on stage, but I couldn't do it. Like people in the crowd could tell you, uh, but it just didn't work out. So we're going to have to settle for, uh, for, for one up here. And so I wanted you to kind of get a, a, a visual representation of what this is talking about, because you know I, I, I need to see something. I need to see it to learn it. And so whenever we're talking about the time is short, and by the way, if you, if you highlight or take note, maybe, maybe write that down in verse 29, the time is short. And right beside it, sustelo, like this is the ancient Greek word used here. And so basically what this is talking about is as these mariners would be on this boat, and obviously this is a live picture of a boat in biblical days that was not drawn out or anything. I got off, I didn't get it off Google, but so this picture basically represents what what Paul is talking about here. And so picture this in your mind, how we have to be conscious of the time, like the time, we cannot lose track of the time. And so these mariners would be on here, whether they're carrying cargo, whether they're carrying uh, things to, to build, maybe they got wood, whatever the case may be, these mariners, they would get on their boat, they would go, and they would go to out at sea, and I watched literally like 15 or 20 minutes worth of YouTube videos on sailing this morning, and I learned a lot. And so whenever you let the sails up on these sailboats, believe it or not, it kind of lifts the boat a little bit. It's not really like a forward motion. I don't know if you knew that. I don't really, I don't have a sailboat or anything, but like, you know, it, it doesn't really go forward, but it, it's this lift motion, right? And so as, as scripture is saying, listen, the time is short, and, and the, the ancient word is, listen, a sailboat. So, so they, they would put these sails up, and as they put these sails up, there was, there was this rush for time. In other words, they made the most of their time on these boats. And so whenever they put these sails up on their boats, they were rushing through. Like they, they had an agenda. Like they, they, had, they knew the assignment of going and getting something done. And so they would put these things up. But Here's what they never forgot as mariners, right? And this is like in biblical days. They, they never forgot. You have to know when to roll the sails up because that's just as important and when to let the sails out. And so whenever these guys would get on their boat and they would go towards their destination, if they had these sails out and they were lifting and they were going and they were going to hit the time, 
right on or maybe they were going to be early. Listen, it meant nothing if they did not roll the sails up in a timely manner. Because a lot of times they would go by mountains, they would go uh, close to like obviously rocky shore, they would go into all these places to where as if they were going with the sails up and they were to run ashore, it would literally crush the boat. It would literally cause there to be a hole in the bow of the boat. And so this is what it's talking about. Whenever it's talking about uh, don't lose track of your time, just like these mariners could not lose track of their time whenever go, they were going to their certain destination. They knew, hey, it's time to let the sails out, but you know what, we're getting close. Like, I, I know the time, like I'm not losing track of my time. And so I know by this time, like by, by this time, I, I see where I'm at. I see that I'm coming ashore. I see that I am about to reach my destination. And so therefore, we don't need the sails anymore. We need, to, we need to roll these things up. And so whenever scripture says that the time is short, picture your life as a mariner on this boat. And what a lot of us don't get, what a lot of us don't understand is that we are being unfaithful passengers in our own boat is what we're doing. We're being literally unfaithful mariners inside of our own boat because a lot of you, you're in your boat. We're all in our little boats, right? We're all going in, in, in our one direction. We know because scripture tells us we are. So we're all going in our one direction. We're all going different stages of life. But some of you, while you're in your boat, you have no idea what time it is. You, you have no clue. You know the sails are out. You know you're moving 90 to nothing. And a lot of you, you're going towards destruction inside of your life as singles. Maybe you're using your singleness for your pleasure. Maybe you're using your singleness for, well, you know what, I just got to get through. I got to have company. And maybe that leads to one thing, leads to another, leads to another. Whatever the situation is, you're not being faithful with your sailboat. And you know that time is limited. And the question I have for you tonight is, when will you start paying attention to the time? When, when will you say, all right, I'm not going to lose track of the time. I know that I have a mission. I know that God has sent me on this. I don't know why I'm in this season. I don't know what's going on here. Like it's so foggy, I can't see anything. But I know that I am limited in my time. So why I'm on my boat, even though I hate being on this single boat, why I'm on this boat, I'm going to use it for God's glory. So here's a question. Am I using my singleness in such a way that it, conscious of time or does it waste time so am I conscious or am I wasting the time scripture goes along and it says stuff like this and if you highlight verses 29 through 31 it says do not did not were not were not right and, and so it uses these terms all throughout these scriptures of saying listen you need you need to understand this is all stages of life and you are the only one who can be conscious of your time and so maybe ask yourself the question tonight, like sitting where you are right now, are you using this conscious of the time or are you wasting time? Are you using the time in your boat as your sails are up going 90 to nothing, like you're going somewhere, just not in the right direction? Are you wasting your time, biblically speaking? No, not by this world, but biblically speaking, are you wasting your time or are you conscious of the time that God has given you? So we have an assignment from heaven, like being married this doesn't get the assignment done. Being obedient 
to what God has for you, that's what gets the assignment done. Do you see this? We, we, we so often prioritize marriage in such a way that says, if, I, if I'm not married by this time, or if I don't reach this stage of life, or if I don't get here, or if I don't touch this point inside of my life, then I, I must not be doing something right. No, marriage is not the end goal of your life. Mar marriage is not it. Even those of you who are in a relationship right now, marriage is not the end goal. When you get married, marriage is not the end goal. If it was, you'd be like, well, my gosh, like, what do I do now? I'm married. I've reached my goal. And so, so we kind of idolize being married is what we do. We idolize it, and we put it on this mountaintop, and we make it our goal to climb every single day to try to reach marriage, to try to reach a relationship, to try to reach something other than where we're at right now. And so if you just understand that you have an assignment from heaven and that nowhere in that assignment does God say, you have to be married to do my will. Nowhere in scripture does it say, you have to have someone attached to you at all times to get the job done. Nowhere in scripture does it say, you have to be in this relationship or with this person to get the job done. No, you simply walk faithfully. And that is the biggest question. Are we, are we walking faithfully in the season that God has us in? And so Paul goes through a third point tonight, a third don't tonight. Don't underestimate what your singleness can do inside of your life. Don't underestimate this whole idea of singleness. So it goes through verses 32 through 35 as we close out here in just a minute. Verse 32 says this. I would like you to, to be free from concern. An unmarried man is concerned about the Lord's affairs, how he can please the Lord. But a married man is concerned about the affairs of this world, how he can please his wife, and his interests are divided. An unmarried man or virgin is concerned about the Lord's affairs, her aim to be devoted to the Lord in both body and spirit. But a married woman is concerned about the affairs of this world, how she can please her husband. I am saying this for your own good. Not to restrict you, but that you may live in a right way in undivided devotion to the Lord. And maybe some of you need that, that last verse. I'm not saying this to restrict you, but it's for your own good. Like, my goal is that you may live in a right way, undivided devotion to the Lord. So don't underestimate what your single, singleness can do. And here's how I can kind of draw a correlation between the two that we've been talking about, marriage, singleness, relationships. In marriage, your family is your responsibility. This is what we see. In singleness, you're free from marriage for whatever you choose. Now, if you're writing that down, don't take me out of context, but I need you to, to really to, to capitalize those words. In singleness, you're free from marriage and then right after that, for whatever you choose. And, and this is the picture that Scripture is painting tonight, is that, listen, if you're, if you're married or in a relationship, that's great. Walk that season, that, that's incredible. Do your best, be faithful. Your, your family, your spouse, your significant other, those people are your responsibility. However, for you singles, you got to understand you're free from that right now. Not that it's bad, but you're, you're free from it. And so since you're free from it, you are free to do whatever you choose. And here's the part that, that really gets us. We don't have a problem with choosing what to do. Our problem is choosing godly things to do. That's our problem. E even as Christians, if we want to admit it tonight. Our problem is not being saying, all right, I'm going to choose to do this, this, this. No, we, we're always busy. Like, we're not going to die from boredom as 18 to 25-year-olds. We're not. And so what we do is that we, we're really good at choosing what we do, but are those things glorifying, glorifying to God? So as a single person, don't let your singleness 
be distracted by focusing on how to get into a relationship, right? Don't let it be distracted. Instead, use your freedom from family to leverage your singleness to its full potential. Listen, don't, don't allow your singleness to be distracted. I feel like so many people, and even I was in this category at one point in my life, like I was, I was distracted because I was focused so much on how do I get out of this season? How do, I, how, do I get out, how do I look forward to another season? How do I dive into this other season? When all the while God was like, man, you haven't even walked through. You haven't even been faithful in what you've, what you've been given yet. Why would I give you more when you've not been faithful yet? So as a single person, don't, don't be distracted, right? As you're on your boat, as you're on your sailboat every single day of your life, Listen, be conscious of your time. Don't, don't get distracted. Understand, all right, I'm in the season for a very small temporary time compared to all of eternity. So I don't want to put myself in a situation that makes me regret something when I look back on it. You, you want to be at a place as singles to where you can go five or ten years from now and look back and be like, yep, I, I did that right. I may have messed up a couple of times, but, man, I did it right. I had the end goal in mind. Like, I struggled. Like, it was hard for me. But as a single person, man, I did it for the glory of God. Yes, I messed up. Yes, I was, there was sin involved. Yes, there was temptation involved. I'm not perfect. But, my gosh, I stayed on track every day. Like, I reminded myself of who I am and who God has called me to be. And I love how we're going to close with this quote really quick. It says this, For Paul, being single meant fewer distractions in serving God. Tragically, to many modern single Christians, singleness is a terrible distraction. Instead, they should regard their present unmarried state, whether it's temporary or permanent, just like we've been talking about, as a special opportunity to please God. And I would say that, man, this quote is totally off, that this is not, this is not right, but you and I both know this is true. Tragically, to many modern single Christians, a lot of you in the room right now, it's a terrible distraction. Uh, such a good gift from God. We make such a terrible distraction. God is saying, if you had any idea of what I had planned for you in your singleness, you wouldn't complain one time. You, you don't know it. You can't see the future. You can't see what I have in mind. But at what point, I believe God is saying, at what point are you going to choose to simply trust me? And are you simply going to be faithful, whether it's temporary or permanent? Now, I know whenever we say the permanent thing, I know you're freaking out. You're like, I don't want to be single for the rest of my life. Like, I, What in the world? Most of you, the majority of you will not be. But even in this temporary time, how are you using this? And so just like every single week, listen, I'm going to challenge you guys again. Last week you guys did great. I'm going to challenge you. Listen, all, all you singles, all the ones in a relationship, you guys flood this altar. Because listen, if anybody knows what it's like to, to walk through this single stage, it's your boy on stage, right? Been there, done that. I would not go back if I could. All right, I'm going to say that. But listen, I, I, I've been there, so I know, I know what it's like, right? And so listen, during this time, you come to this altar and you say, God, I need your guidance. I need your wisdom. I need your all-knowing power. God, I don't need to know what's going to happen. I don't need to, know, need to know your plan. But God, I need your strength to be faithful every day. I need your strength to let go of the shame that I have once caused myself from being single, of the shame or the guilt or the regret or all the things that decided my life to where, God, I've used my singleness as a messy way. And, God, I need you to redeem me of it. Y'all need to be at this altar.
Y'all need to be asking God for his supernatural power. For all of you in a relationship, you're not, you're not left out of this. You need to be at this altar too. Because you know what you need to do? You need to be praying, saying, God, I need, I need your undivided wisdom. I need to know how to navigate this season of my life. It's not about just singles tonight. Prioritizing the one in tonight's message is about are we all being faithful in our season? Are we all walking faithfully where Jesus has called us to walk? So listen, guys, I'm going to challenge you. I'm going to encourage you. Come down to this altar. Come down and just be honest before the God of the universe and say, listen, God, you know I need you. I want to be faithful. I want to be, I want to be your servant. I want to have my yes on the table, God, but I need your strength every single day. Y'all pray with me. God, we love you. Lord, we thank you so much just for tonight. God, we thank you, Lord, for, God, for your word of, God, about singles, God, and about, um, God, relationships. And, God, we just thank you that you take the time out of all of eternity to put a section in your eternal book about singles. God, is this a stage that a lot of people want to stay away from? God, it's an awkward stage for many people. It's a stage that many people grow to hate. God, they feel bitterness. They feel, God, why can't I just find that person? Why can't I just continue with my life that I had planned. And God, I, I don't want to be known, God, as a group tonight, as individuals, as a big group, God, that questions your plans, but God, yes, we need to be honest with you. We need to tell you what we feel, God, how we feel. But Lord, in the same breath, as we follow up, God, we don't, we don't like this stage, God, as we follow up that sentence, God, help us say, but God, we want to obey you. We want to simply be faithful to you. So God, tonight as we open this altar, God, as this, as this team leads us in worship, God, I pray for your boldness to be upon your college students tonight. God, I pray, God, for hearts to be drawn to your altar. God, I pray for egos to be shattered. God, I pray, God, for futures to be just simply left unknown to a known God. I pray that, God, people would come and they would just simply be faithful in their boat. God, that, that, that our, our sailboat, God, it's heading somewhere. We don't know where it's headed, but we know where we are right now. And God, are we being faithful? Do we know when to roll the sails up? Do we know how to protect our lives, how to protect our future spouses? Do we know, God, how to make you our priority, even in a season that we hate, God? Jesus, find us faithful. God, you're not going to find us perfect, but God, find us faithful. Find us obedient. And God, may the first step in obedience be tonight at this altar, God. So please, Lord, we ask that you would do things that only you could do, God. We ask that you would speak to people in only a way that you can. We lift all these things up in Jesus' name.